Hello and welcome to Centuries and Saints. This is Scott Matson. Thank you for tuning in today to the podcast. Now, we are pretty far into season two, and we'll be wrapping this season up here in about five weeks or so. So we've only got a few episodes left looking at the attributes of God. And for today and also for the next episode, we will be looking at the wrath of God. Now, we'll talk about this more in the teaching, but just so you know ahead of time, God's wrath is not one of his attributes in the same way that his holiness or his love are one of his attributes. What do I mean by that? Well, you'll have to stay tuned to find out. So again, thank you for listening today and enjoy this episode, part one on the wrath of God. We are going to continue on here looking at the attributes of God. Okay, so last week uh, we took a look at the omnipotence of God, uh, which is his all powerfulness. If I can say it that way, that's a very terrible way of saying it. Basically, again, as we talked about, omnipotence uh, comes out of Latin and Old French, and it just means all-powerful. means that God has all power. Okay, so that was the third in our little three-part mini-series on the omnis of God, the omnis, which are uh, his omniscience, his omnipotence, and his omnipresence, which means that God knows everything, he's all-powerful, and he's everywhere. Okay, so we we just took a look at that the last three weeks, and this is part of our, uh, you know, larger in-depth study on the attributes of God that we've been doing now for a couple of months, Um, just looking at what God has said about himself in his word, and just sort of opening those things up and examining what that means. Okay, so um, I've been enjoying this, I've been getting to know God better, and uh, I'm really hoping you guys have as well. Okay, so uh, we're going to continue this 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 series on the attributes of God, this this thing that we've been doing for the last couple of months for a bit longer. Um, I'm not exactly sure how long, but uh, we'll keep going here for at least a few more weeks and uh, look at a few more aspects and attributes of God, you know, before we wrap this series up. And it's one of those things, because obviously, I mean, we're studying the infinite God and, uh, you know, obviously, I mean, you could literally spend all of eternity and you'd never exhaust all of who he is. So it's a completely impossible task to comprehensively study God. Uh, but, you know, hey, we're taking these weeks and we're just, we're just kind of going for it here and just getting a look again at who our God is, you know, and the things that he's done and, and how that relates to his nature and all of that. Okay. So with that said, <clears throat> this morning, uh, we're going to look, and probably next week as well, uh, we're going to take a look at one of the attributes of God and one of the parts of God's nature uh, that we see clearly in scripture that, to be honest, is something that's uh, a bit uncomfortable and not the most pleasant thing to talk about. But I want to talk about it uh, because, number one, it is a part of God and it is something that's real. Uh, But secondly, I think that a lot of times it's misrepresented and taught incorrectly or at least understood incorrectly by a lot of Christians. Okay, so what I want to do this morning and probably next week is I want us to take a look scripturally at the wrath of God. Okay, now I said, I know, uh, fun topic, right? (laughs) Um, But like all of God's attributes, uh, we do need to study this and we need to be aware of it. Um, And also like all of God's attributes, as we've seen with the ones, especially that are a little bit more uncomfortable for us. um, Yes, they do provoke obviously a sense of godly fear and reverence, and they should. But they're not things 
you know, that should cause us to live in terror or dread. That's not the heart of the Lord for us. Um, God's heart for his people is not that we would live in fear and dread and terror of him. That's not at all. Not at all. And so that's why I want to take a look at the wrath of God today and next week. Um, Again, I just feel like a lot of us as believers uh, have a misunderstanding of what the wrath of God is, you know, or at least an incorrect understanding. Incomplete. Maybe that's the best way to put it. You know, and so I just, I want to dig into the scriptures and I want to take a look at what this is and what this means. Um, Now, I've made this point before on other teachings that we've done, and I want to make it again really quickly, you know, before we get too deeply into this. Okay, and the point is, um, is like we talked about two weeks ago, God's omniscience, that, you know, that God, Father, Son, and Spirit knows everything, okay, past, present, and future, what that means then is that God doesn't react to things like we do. Okay, now we see in Scripture um, where God reacts. Now, theologians and, and Bible guys call those things anthropomorphisms, and basically what that means is that's God communicating something to the human authors of Scripture and having them write it down uh, in a way that makes sense to us in humanity in our finite limited capacities, in our finite minds, Okay. But we know from scripture that God has always known everything from all of eternity, which means God doesn't learn things, okay? So he doesn't react in the way that we think of, okay? So what I, what I mean by that then, as far as, as we look at God's wrath, God's wrath is not just sort of a random, spontaneous outburst of, of just horrendous rage and temper, you know, like we think of, or, or even like sometimes we do when we get really ticked off about something, you know, I'm sure we've all reacted that way to things in the past and we've all been on the receiving end of, of somebody's reaction in that way. And it's never pleasant, uh, whether it's us doing it or whether it's us receiving it. Um, it's not fun. It's not pleasant. <clears throat> However, that is not how the wrath of God works. Okay. God is not just sitting there watching everything happening and then just reacting and flying off the handle, so to speak, you know, again, it's normal for us to react that way, but God doesn't. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about the wrath of God. Okay. So what is God's wrath? Well, a really sort of basic, easy way to think about it is God's wrath is his measured holy response against sin. Okay. Now, remember, when God created the universe and and created human beings, Adam and Eve, everything was created good, okay? God did not create sin. He did not create evil, okay? And we have to be very, very uh, clear on that. God is not the author of sin and evil. God is holy, and we've studied that, okay? And so sin uh, is anything, then, that violates God's holiness, Now, sin is not only a big deal because it is a violation of God's holiness, although that's true, and I believe that's the primary thing. Uh, The primary sort of ugliness of sin, if I can say it that way, is that it's an offense, an affront to God, to his nature and to his holiness, okay? However, God also hates sin because of what it does to his image bearers, to human beings, and even all creation. As Paul said in Romans, all of creation groans under the curse, you know? waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. God loves his creation. He created all things good, okay? And the marring, the destruction um, of God's good creation that sin brings um, is something that breaks his heart and makes him angry, you know, if we can say it that way, 
Okay, and I mean, just my goodness, turn on the news for five seconds if you really want to be depressed. You know, just look around and see the way that you know human beings have perfected the art of manipulating other human beings. You know, people are taken advantage of financially, sexually, um, you know, in every single way throughout human history. Um, people have gotten very good at manipulating one another, at killing one another, uh, coveting other people's possessions, lusting after other people, and, you know, just treating people in the most horrendous evil ways of, you know, dehumanizing fellow image bearers. Okay, a great example of that is um, in the book of Genesis, you know, when Abram goes and rescues Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, because God tells him that he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah forever with fire and brimstone because of just the sheer evil that was taking place in that city. Okay. And I don't want to get too deep into this, uh, but, you know, if you read the account, we know uh, that in Sodom and Gomorrah, that when the angels come to rescue Lot, all the men of the city, it says, rise up and go to Lot's house and demand that the angels who they all thought were just normal men be brought outside. Okay, because all of the men in Sodom and Gomorrah wanted to rape the, uh, the angels that they thought were men. Okay, that's how perverse it was. Um, secondly, there's a passage in there, I can't remember exactly where, but it mentions something about all of the men in the city, you know, all of them. And I think it says something like from the oldest to the youngest, I can't recall, I could be wrong about that. But basically it says that all of the men, all the males in the city rose up to do this. Okay, so that included... And this is where it gets even more disturbing. That included even, you know, the little boys in the city. Which means then that the men, the men of Sodom and Gomorrah uh, were committing pedophilia as well. Not just homosexuality, but, you know, child molestation. And it was just an absolutely disgusting, wicked, uh, horrible, you know, set of cities there in Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, so... Again, I, I only point that out. I know it's, it's gross and it's disturbing, but I point it out because it's a, it's a real-life example that we see in the scriptures of man just dehumanizing his fellow men and then you know manipulating and, and just treating fellow image bearers with just horrific evil and just things that are in every way repugnant um, to any decent sense of morality at all. Okay, so anyways... God sees all that happening and he decides in his wrath, he is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and all the people that live there because of what they're doing. Now we know that Abram asks him, Hey Lord, if you find 10 righteous men, will you spare the city? And the Lord in his mercy says, I will, if there are 10 righteous there. Well, the Lord destroyed it. So there weren't 10 righteous there, which tells you something, how bad it was. But you know, again, so we see God's wrath God pours out fire and brimstone. He destroys the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and he kills all the men. You know, um, God did that, you know, because God is the giver of life and God is the only one who has the right to take life. Okay. So in his wrath, God destroyed the citizens and the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. That's an outpouring of God's wrath. Now we also see again in that conversation between Abram and the Lord, we see God's mercy. Abram says, Lord, if there are 50 righteous men, will you spare the city? He says, yeah. Well, what if there are 45? He's like, yep. How about 40? Yeah, I'll spare it for 40. How about 30? Yep. 20? Yep. How about 10? Yeah. You know, and I've heard Bible teachers say, and, and I think I agree with this, that if Abram had just continued asking the Lord, he may have gotten the Lord to say, okay, I'll spare the city. 
just for mercy's sake. Now, I don't know. That's speculation. But anyways, that's a rabbit trail. But the point is, is that we have to, again, in, in all of God's attributes, we have to remember that they're all, um, they're all working together in perfect harmony. So again, in Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, we see the wrath of God and the mercy of God, okay? But I don't want to downplay the fact that in, this, in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, because of just the absolutely unmentionable evil that was taking place there on a regular basis, you know, and, and God's image bearers were destroying their fellow image bearers in every way that's just perverted and debauched that you can think of, in his wrath, God destroyed them, Okay? And that's true. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, that's just, that's just the truth of it. Okay. And so that's why we're studying this because again, sometimes we think God just arbitrarily chose certain things that he called sin because he doesn't want us to do. And that maybe there's no rhyme or reason for it. Well, that's not true. You know, Pastor John has said around here for years, you know, sin is not bad because it's forbidden. It's forbidden because it's bad. Because God sees what sin does to his image bearers. And he hates that because God loves his image bearers. He loves his good creation, okay? And so the wrath of God is his measured, righteous, and just response to sin and to sinners, okay? Now, uh, a man called Joseph Schumann, he uh, wrote an article for John Piper's ministry, Desiring God. And in the article, he wrote this, and this is a really just sort of good way to sum this up. He said this, quote, the doctrine of the wrath of God has fallen on hard times. In today's world, any concept of God's wrath upsets our modern sentiments. It's too disconcerting, too intolerant. We live in a day where we have set ourselves as the judge and God's character is on trial. How can hell be just? Why would God command the Israelites to destroy the Canaanites? Why does God always seem so angry? The fact that so many people struggle with these questions and many more like them means that more than ever, right thinking is needed about the doctrine of God's wrath. It is needed for motivation for Christian living, fuel for proper worship, and is a toolbox to confront objections to Christianity. End quote. And I think that's a fantastic way to sum this up. Uh, what we need in all things, and especially when we consider, you know, certain aspects of God's nature or certain things in the scriptures that are not popular, that are not uh, politically correct in our culture today, we need to know the truth. We need to stand on biblical truth and we need to have right thinking to have our minds renewed by the word of God. And so when we study something like the wrath of God, we need to get our theology of it from scripture. Okay. Um, because again, if we want to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth as much as possible, we need to know him and we need to know who he is and what he's like as much as possible. Okay. Now, as we begin to close here and, and we're going to land the plane and we're going to get into more scripture specific things next week. Cause I, you know, again, we need to take our theology of this from scripture. Okay. So we'll get into that more next week. So we're going to wrap this up here, but I just want to make this closing point. Um, I, I, personally believe that when it comes to the wrath of God, uh, the church in many ways has missed the boat on one of two sides. Uh, I feel on the one hand, uh, there are a lot of people, and not just preachers, though preachers as well, but just a lot of Christians in general who sort of underemphasize and downplay the wrath of God, you know? And, you know, God is portrayed as kind of being like, you know, the big teddy bear up in heaven, 
you know, which, I mean, in a sense, yes, he does have, obviously, he's compassionate and, and full of mercy, abounding in loving kindness and gracious and slow to anger. And, you know, his tender mercies, as the scriptures say, are on his people. You know, so yes, obviously, I mean, in a very basic sense, yeah, okay. However, uh, that sort of teaching and that sort of mindset in a believer, you know, it sort of downplays things like the cross and the blood of Jesus. And there's not mentions of repentance and sin and holiness and righteousness, you know, and all of that. And, and that part of God's nature is just sort of dismissed and underemphasized and, and never mentioned. And not that we want to dwell on that necessarily, but it does need to be talked about. Now, on the other hand, there's also others, um, especially without church... Uh, pardon me, let me try that again, especially throughout church history, um, as I've studied and, you know, read different theologians and different things, you know, who have, I think, overemphasized the wrath of God and have sort of taken it to the extreme of almost, you know, beating and bludgeoning the sheep uh, with the doctrine of God's wrath. Now, I want to be careful when I say this, but I think there's an example of that is the um, 18th century theologian and evangelist and teacher, Jonathan Edwards. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, Jonathan Edwards was a brilliant theologian, and, and by all accounts, and there's a consensus among many, many, you know, PhD-holding church scholars and theologians even today, that Jonathan Edwards was one of the single most brilliant, intelligent men that the church has ever produced. Um, just his sheer intellect uh, was just off the charts, you know, in his writing and his theology. So don't get me wrong, I'm not criticizing, you know, or slandering Jonathan Edwards, not one bit. But his sermon, his famous sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, okay? Now, I appreciate what he did in that he was trying to share the with the people, look, you know, you people are not born again, and you are under the wrath of God. And there is coming a day of judgment, and you're heaping up for yourselves wrath against that day, and you need to flee to Christ to be saved from the wrath to come. Now, I agree with all of that. Absolutely. That is biblical. That message needs to be preached. You know, we read in the Gospel of John that those who do not have the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on them. You know, and that there is a day of judgment coming when God will uh, pour out his wrath upon those that have rejected the sacrifice of his Son, and they will be made to to pay for their own sin, you know? So that's coming. There's wrath coming. Absolutely. You know, and that's, that's biblical. Um, however, Jonathan Edwards sermon, I've, I've, I've uh, listened to excerpts of it being read and it gets a little bit, I think too intense and too much into things like God's hatred, um, hell being like a sort of an eternal torture chamber. It, it just kind of makes God come off as just completely cruel. Um, and again, I, I, I know what he was trying to do. And I mean, the spirit used it. A lot of people ended up getting saved and repenting, of course, and praise the Lord. Um, I personally just think it was a little bit much, but that's my opinion. Feel free to agree or disagree or, you know, not care, whatever. That's fine. Uh, but anyways, I only point that out to say a lot of times I think the wrath of God is <clears throat> misrepresented or mistaught, you know, or either underemphasized or overemphasized. Uh, you know, are taught incorrectly by people that have an agenda on either side, whether they want to scare people or try to help people not feel scared. And I think both, honestly, are just incorrect. You know, we just, we just need to look at what the Bible says about the wrath of God. You know, and, and again, God's wrath is his, his measured righteous response in his holiness against sin, you know? And so, 
Anyways, all that to say, we're going to get into some more scripture next week because we didn't really get into that today. Um, This was more of an introduction, but I just want to talk about this because it's something that, you know, we all know is there and we read about it in the Bible and it's something that we have to square with and we just, we do need to accept. I mean, this is a part of the nature of God and, you know, we can't dismiss it. We can't downplay it. uh, We can't pretend like it's not there just because it's uncomfortable, you know? So anyways, guys, may the Lord bless you today. Thank you for uh, hanging in there with us. God bless you. Well, indeed, thank you again for tuning in to Centuries and Saints, and we do pray that the Lord would bless you today. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this first part, this look at the wrath of God. Um, Again, we will continue and conclude the next time we're together uh, looking at the wrath of God. So thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for listening. And again, may the Lord bless you guys today. Please check us out on the podcast store or on Spotify. As I mentioned last week, we are now on Spotify as well. Leave us a review, leave us a rating, and uh, just help spread the word. We really appreciate it if this podcast has been a blessing to you. So may God bless you, and I will talk to you all next week. Take me as a shadow.